0: Hi, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
1: And I'm Norman Mitchell, and we're the hosts of Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we discuss, appreciate, and delve too deep into the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions, one minute at a time.
2: You know there's a Balrog down there, right?
1: It'll be fine.
2: (laughs) Have you ever wondered about
0: Hobbit economy or how wizards get their mail?
1: Are you also in awe of Hugo Weaving's eyebrows? Then
0: join us every Monday through Friday on our mission, quest, thing... Only on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Dueling
1: Genre.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character and a great story. I'm Todd Mack. And I'm Joseph Dorowski. And this week we're talking about Squirrel Girl... This is going to be hard for me to say, Squirrel Girl, without tripping on it. It's a, it's almost like saying the protagonist podcast, <clears throat> Squirrel Girl from the Marvel comic book series, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> it's hard. It's
2: like, squirrel Girl. No, yeah, because you start to blend it if you squirrel say Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. Say it with us, listeners. Squirrel girls. Now say it faster. Squirrel girl. Say it ten times fast. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Before we get into the discussion of Squirrel Girl, I think, uh, listeners, you may have noticed that we have a new intro at the beginning of every episode that says Dueling Genre, and Uh, This has been happening for a few weeks now, but we haven't had a chance to really discuss it on the podcast. We are no longer flying solo by the seat of our pants. We are now joining
1: a large organization to fly by the seat of collective pants with Dueling Genre. (laughs) Possibly we fly more by our pants than everyone else is flying by their pants. Yes, yeah.
2: Uh, So Dueling Genre, it is a podcast network of um, popular culture-themed podcasts. Uh, A lot of movie-by-minute podcasts, as you've probably heard in some promos. And what this means for you is very little difference. You should still be able to download us in the exact same feed, but there are a few changes that you may notice. Um, One, our old homepage, I believe, is gone entirely. Is that right, Todd? If
0: it's not gone today, it will be very soon.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, And you can find our episode links at duelinggenre.com. In the future, I think we'll have a dedicated protagonist podcast page at duelinggenre.com, but that's not set up just yet. So that is coming uh, other things, uh, the Amazon link will not work any longer because that was tied to our old homepage. So if you're listening to old episodes and we beg you to use amazon.com slash protagonist podcast, we appreciate the effort, but the effort will be for naught. <laughs> Uh, But you can still support us through Patreon. The Patreon uh, link still works and we still very much appreciate that uh, because there are still some costs associated with podcasting that we're carrying ourselves. So every uh, dollar that we get through, through Patreon.com really does help
0: us to keep going with this project. Yes. And thank you. Just thanks to everybody for uh, being patient uh, with any changes. If you see anything amiss in your feed, if you feel like something isn't happening the way that it, it used to or you think it should, please contact us right away and we'll uh, try to get it fixed. In the long run, this is way better for us and way better for you. Uh, in the short run, there have been a few um, kind of hitches a- along the way. I know
2: some listeners got old episodes downloaded into their into their feed.
0: And we had some listeners that didn't get new episodes, uh, but uh, I think very few. Okay, so. and it seems like
2: it's working now and we definitely appreciate Dueling Genre taking us on uh, they reached out to us uh, we, we kind of first had contact when we had some people from Lord of the Rings Minute on uh, the protagonist podcast and that opened the door for some conversations that have been really beneficial and like we said will help us uh, to be able to keep doing this at Dueling Genre you will find many movies by minute podcasts I believe Indiana Jones Minute uh, no Spider-Man Minute, Lord of the Rings, Toy Story okay, well, let me scratch that at DuelingGenre.com, you'll find many Movies by
1: Minute podcasts, such as... Producer Andrew, you know this better. Toy Story Minute's over there. Spider-Man Minute. Uh, Back to the Future Minute. All three of those movies, I think, are wrapped up. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming up. Lord of the Rings is over there. I think that might be it. And there's also a few um, like like new narrative form podcasts. Yes, they have, they have one called Geek by, Geek night, by night, which is an ongoing uh, narrative drama podcast. And some new stuff. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, they're kind of always... Coming out with new stuff, so check their check their stuff or listen to the ads at the front of our wow. episodes. And really smart, really fun people. Stuff.
2: Yeah. And we'll probably have some of them, their hosts on as guests here. I'm sure.
1: Yes, more more than just uh, Norman and Cassandra from Lord of the Rings minute, who we've already had.
0: <laughs> and really, really liked having them. Yes,
1: on. we we get along well with them, which is one of the reasons we made the <laughs> switch. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, well, as we said, this episode, though, is going to be about The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is written by Ryan North and drawn by Erica Henderson. The character was originally created by Will Murray and artist Steve Ditko, and The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl tells the adventures of a very minor Marvel superhero, but in such a way that the series has become a critical darling um squirrel girl was always kind of a joke and often used as a punchline uh the fact that she existed and there was a (laughs) character named squirrel girl who looked kind of like a squirrel and could talk to squirrels Uh, was like that was pretty much a joke that would be used in like a background panel of other comic books but the unbeatable squirrel girl as a series has become very popular um and has elevated the character enough that um she's she's becoming much more well-known super fun so todd how did you come to unbeatable squirrel girl
0: um, I think the first time that I heard about Squirrel Girl was uh, when I heard internet rumors of Anna Kendrick possibly being interested in playing Squirrel Girl. And I thought... That can't be a real superhero. That cannot. This has to be <laughs> fake news because there's no possible way. Um, and it turns out that she really is real. The first time that I did I read anything was just over the past couple of days... Um, reading, getting ready for this. And I have to say, this is one of the most delightful things that I have read in quite some time. It's it
2: so glad you hilarious. That. It is so funny. Um, so just through comic book uh, podcasts that talk about current comics, I heard Unveiled Squirrel Girl get mentioned several times um, as a really good series. And I think it was last Christmas I got the first collection for my daughter, um, who isn't like super dis- superhero comic books, but she'll read some. And it sounded like something that would be um, interesting for her. And uh, then recently we were like, "What's the next comic we're going to do?" And we had a couple of things that it just didn't work out for us both to get our hands on. So I grabbed this from my daughter's shelf and read it and said, "This will work. <laughs> this this is a strong
0: comic book with a great character." Uh, so I read it and then dropped it off to you. Ty. Yeah. And my daughters were looking at it today. I I had to, like, you guys. This is Joe's book, and I—we cannot get it ruined or bent or torn. It'll be fine. I love it when kids read books. I don't care. If but get they, to the process. man, they—I could not keep their hands off of this book. And tonight, before I came here to record, uh, my daughter said, "Dad, can we please go to Barnes and Noble and buy Squirrel Girl?" And I was like, "I think we might. Be. <laughs> I think we might be able to swing that sometime." Uh, this is super fun. All right, so some trivia about Squirrel Girl. Who is Squirrel Girl? Because
2: I'm guessing most of our listeners are unaware of Squirrel Girl. Uh, Her real name is uh, Doreen Green, and she has a prehensile tail, a squirrel tail. And she also has the superpower of the ability to communicate with squirrels. She has buck teeth some superhuman strength and agility but it's not really super clear how much.
0: It says that it says that it's the she has the proportional well, speed and strength, and strength of, of a squirrel. squirrel. Of squirrel. But
2: what does that, what does that mean though?
0: <laughs> like how strong is a squirrel? Well, I'm sure that you could uh, do some kind of scientific thing, but she's quite strong and quite fast. Yeah. And she also sometimes has knuckle spikes though
2: doesn't always come up. <laughs> if mm-hmm. she has those or not. Uh, she does also have a squirrel sidekick. The first was named Monkey Joe, who tragically died on a mission with the Great Lakes Avengers. Spoilers! And she now has a an unbreakable squirrel, or unbeatable, sorry, unbeatable squirrel girl. She has a sidekick squirrel named Tippy Toe. <laughs> I love Tippy Toe. <laughs> and uh, she speaks to them. It's not telepathic. She just talks, and the squirrels talk, and they understand each other. She says, like, Chitty Chuck Chuck. Yes, like when humans hear them talking it sounds like she's making squirrel sounds, but for the word balloons It's just the squirrel talking and her talking.
0: It kind of reminds me of Emperor's New Groove Kronk Kronk saying squeaker squeak. Yeah, like that. (laughs) Yes, that's so funny
2: and Her first appearance was in 1991 which actually makes Squirrel Girl one of legendary artist Steve Ditko's last creations for Marvel we've already talked about a Steve Duke co-creation. He is the original artist on Spider-Man in the 1960s. Uh, he is still alive. He is n- completely divorced from mainstream comics at this point. He won't give interviews. He's, he's a recluse
0: entirely. Wow. Um, but this is one of his last uh, co-creations for Marvel Comics. So 1991. So the the book that you lent to me mm-hmm. has at the very end... A thing with Squirrel Girl and Iron Man. Her her first appearance. That's her first appearance from 1991. Mm -hmm. Wow. Iron Man's suit is uh, dated in that.
2: So, okay. (laughs) Random aside, Iron Man's suit looking like a suit of armor and not basically spandex only happened in the 2000s. Okay. Like, up through the 90s, it looked like you could see contours of his muscles under yellow, you know, in the arms. And yeah. uh, the, the chest plate was rigid, but it looked like the arms and legs were basically fle- flexible spandex. Uh, but since the 2000s, uh, it's become, like, this is rigid rigid armor. <laughs> like, it's made of metal, it's not going to bend, uh, and it looks a lot like the movie armor that we get. Okay. Marvel has many multimedia product uh, projects always in the works, but there's a new t- TV series coming out on the Freeform channel, which used to be the ABC Family channel. That series is called New Warriors. Uh, in the comic book's Squirrel Girl has never been a part of the New Warriors team, but in this TV show, she will apparently be the main character of the story. And they just barely announced the casting like a day or two ago. It's going to be Milana Vaintrub, and I'm sure I mispronounced that. But that actress is best known as the AT&T girl from their television commercials. And now she's going to be Squirrel Girl. Uh, in the past, um, as you said, Todd, Anna Kendrick had kind of... She in an interview said that her brother told her she could she should be Squirrel Girl, and also the actress who plays Barb on Stranger Things had said that she wanted to play Squirrel Girl, uh, but I don't th- I don't know that there was any ever actual like discussions between Marvel for any of their projects. I,
0: I can mean, totally I can. see Barb that actress playing this version of Squirrel Girl here, mm-hmm. much more than the than the the AT and T girl. Yeah, um, v- Vaintrub, Melina Vaintrub. Uh, who looks like, I mean, she's st- st- stunning, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this squirrel girl is supposed to
2: be, uh, like, socially awkward. In a lot yeah. of ways, like, uncertain, uh, unconfident. Kind in, of physically awkward. Yes, physically awkward. She has buck teeth. She, is, she has a giant tail. She has a giant tail that she st- sticks into her pants and she makes it look like she has a giant butt. <laughs> she makes jokes about it all the time. Um... Squirrel she kind of likes it. <laughs> the, the character Squirrel Girl has made infrequent appearances, often as comic relief since her first appearance. She's never really been, been a main character in very much. But Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is her first solo comic book series, and the series is actually still ongoing at the time of this recording.
0: Uh, before we get into the long synopsis, we would just um, like to remind you that our podcast provides uh, you with over four hours of content every month. And if that is worth a quarter per hour to you, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist, that's patreo ncom slash protagonist, and support our show with at least $1 per month. All supporters on Patreon re- at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released films and trailers, and all patrons who support us with $5 per month get to choose a topic for us to discuss And we'd like to just thank, uh, again, all of our, uh, supporters on Patreon who make this show possible. Are you ready for...
2: I, I have some squirrel
0: trivia for you. Oh, before the long synopsis,
2: producer Andrew has done a little research
1: while we've been, uh, chatting over here by the microphone. Yes, since you said that she has the proportional powers of a squirrel, uh, that would include some proportional speed enhancement. Squirrels have been clocked at 20 miles per hour, uh... They can also jump twenty feet. So if that's proportional to size, she should be able to jump over two hundred
0: feet. I would say
1: she does. I think she does some jumping in this.
0: Uh, yes, she definitely well, leaps she lives around trees. The, uh, and... Yeah. Well, she climbs up on top of the mansion.
2: Yeah, and she she climbs walls and trees and leaps from limb to limb with great agility. Yes. Uh,
1: just,
0: <laughs> what did, what did she call way? it? Something agility. I don't remember. the With exact great word. responsibility,
1: <laughs> come squirrel agility or something like that. <laughs> <With> the, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And just just for uh, sourcing reasons, some of this is coming from newsforsquirrels.blogspot.com. Uh, so shout out there. Is that uh, written
0: by Dorian Green? I don't
1: know. Uh, gray squirrels have a bite force of around 7,000 pounds per square inch, compared to humans who have a bite force of around 500 pounds per square inch. Wow! So she should
0: be able to chew through things very effectively. I have to I have to tell you guys. I, we went on a hike the other day. We hiked Angel's Landing down in Zion National Park. And as, um, so the very end of that trail is uh, on, you're hiking along cliffs and there's like chains that you hold onto and it's pretty, uh, it's kind of precarious. And so people, a lot of people end up kind of ditching backpacks and walking sticks along the way so that they don't have to carry them in this part. And as we were, <laughs> we were walking back down the trail, there was, uh, some kind of rodent. I think it was a squirrel. <laughs> And it was, it had totally chewed a hole in somebody's backpack and just had its head stuffed in their backpack and was pulling out all of these snacks and making this huge mess all over. So uh, they can chew through a, a, a nice backpack. Yeah. Quite handily. Squirrels cannot vomit. Fun fact. Well, good for her. You know what? I might, if somebody said, hey, I'll inject you with some squirrel blood. You'll have super biting powers. You'll have <laughs> you'll, super biting. You'll have a giant tail. And you'll never throw up. And I would... Just tell me I will never throw up again. <laughs> that alone? Is enough to entice <laughs> you some squirrel oh, blood? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I hate vomiting. Um, and I I am going to show you guys
1: a picture of a squirrel skeleton. Okay. This is going to be really good for
2: our listening audience. We'll... Okay, that tail, the tail
1: bones go a lot farther. I would not have expected the bones to go (laughs) that far into the tail, but, like, that entire tail length is boned. Okay. Uh, But yes, there's some squirrel facts. Did you find
2: the squirrel quote? Well, okay, so the the whole series opens with her doing a variation of the classic Spider-Man cartoon theme. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever Spider-Can. I'm not going to sing the tune because we don't have the rights to that, but I will read off the poetry. gosh, (laughs) like somebody's going (laughs) to... Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl, she's a human and also squirrel. Can she climb up a tree? Yes, she can, easily. That's why. Her name is Squirrel Girl. Is she tough? Listen, bud, she's got partially squirrel blood. Who's her friend? Don't you know? That's the squirrel, tippy-toe. Surprise, she likes to talk to squirrels. (laughs) Hold on, there's a little more. At the top of the trees is where she spends her time. Like a human squirrel, she enjoys fighting crime. Squirrel girl, squirrel girl, powers of both squirrel and girl. Finds some nuts, eats some nuts, kicks bad guys, evil butts. (laughs) (laughs) To her, life is a great big acorn. Where there's a city, a crime torn, you'll find the squirrel girl.
0: Did, Did you find the quote that's from her Aunt Benjamina? (laughs) I <laughs> now I'm that reminds me, but I don't remember where it is. It just... <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, well, as I read this long synopsis, please try to find the quote from Aunt Benjamina about "with squirrel agility comes great responsibility" or something like that. Uh, okay, so uh, long synopsis. Here we go. Buckle up. Uh, the prologue: We have Squirrel Girl singing a song about herself in a tree, and she's daydreaming about being a superhero and then she sees some guys mugging another guy, and she saves him. Issue one. Uh, we see Squirrel Girl moving out of the attic of the Avengers Mansion, and she's chatting with her squirrel friend Tippy Toe, and it turns out that she's going to study in college, and her secret identity is Doreen Green, uh, and she is going to be a completely normal college student with a totally awesome butt, because she has to stuff her giant squirrel tail into her jeans. And um, I think we should just mention the way that she looks in this comic, especially. Uh, and in most of the versions of her that I've seen, she's sort of um, like she's kind of stocky, and she, her hair is cut very short. she has great big buck teeth, and she has this giant uh, squirrel, this tail. giant squirrel this giant butt. Yes. Um, so uh, she goes to college and she meets a guy named Tomas. And then she meets her roommate, Nancy Whitehead, who knits and has a cat. And then just then, uh, Craven the Hunter shows up dressed in a lion vest and leopard tart, leopard tights. Uh, Squirrel Girl, uh, runs out of her dorm room and she fights him for a bit and then realizes that she can just talk to him and they can resolve their differences. And she convinces him to stop hunting squirrels, another land-based game, and to go fight giant monsters in the sea. He thinks this is a great idea, and he leaves. Um, and I should also mention that Squirrel Girl has a, a pack of their trading cards, and they're, uh, they're created apparently by Deadpool. Yes. And they are, uh, it's like Deadpool's guide to supervillains or something like that. And she has these cards, and that's how she knows the names of the, of the supervillains. Uh, so then, Doreen heads back to her dorm room, and she picks, uh, she brings Tippy with her, since her roommate obviously doesn't have a problem with pets. Just then, however, another squirrel shows up and tells, uh, tells Doreen in squirrel speak, that something terrible is coming towards Earth from outer space. Issue two. It turns out the thing moving towards Earth is Galactus, and uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the Marvel cosmic. Characters, Um, Galactus is. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say what I know about him. Galactus is a giant who travels in a ship called the Starsphere, which is constructed from the remnants of an entire solar system. And Galactus eats planets, and he is unstoppable. Yes. Though he's been stopped by Earthlings many times. Many times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, back at the university, Doreen and Nancy are at orientation, looking at clubs. Uh, Tomas shows up and Doreen starts talking to him and she's totally crushing on him again. And then she goes into the bathroom and Tippi is there to tell her that the thing coming towards Earth is Galactus and his star sphere and that they are pretty much dead. Uh, no other superheroes are aware of Galactus's, uh impending invasion because he's using a cloaking device that works on humans but not on squirrels. So Squirrel Girl has to do this all by herself Oh, and Galactus is going to arrive in two hours. And her plan is to go to the moon and punch him until he gives up. And then she will stand over him and take a selfie.
1: <laughs> I want to say that, uh,
2: just real quick, the bottom of every page of *Score Girl, this is unique to this comic book, this is not a normal thing. It has a line of tiny text at the very bottom of the page underneath all the panels that is just... A joke it breaks the fourth wall sometimes it seems like a squirrel girl saying this sometimes it's the editor saying this sometimes it's the writer you never know other characters yeah but it's just something funny based on what happened right. on the panels up above and after she says her plan it says all you who are making fun of selfies you know you would take a selfie if you beat up Galactus <laughs> <laughs> don't lie
0: <laughs> so plan A is to get in this squirrel copter like she has some squirrel a gig <laughs> the squirrel a gig it looks like a helicopter and then she realizes that it won't fly into outer space. And so she goes with plan B, which is to steal an Iron Man suit from Avengers Mansion. The suit is modular, so it, it can break down into its components and then turn into whatever she wants. And she has a secret to- code from Tony Stark who gave it to her because he said, you know, anytime you need a favor, here's the secret code to use my suit. And so, she breaks into the Avengers Mansion, she gets the suit, she says the secret code, and it turns into an Iron Man suit that is fit for her body, and has a A giant giant, squirrel tail. Iron Man tail. (laughs) A giant Iron Man squirrel tail. Um, and then... (laughs) And then my favorite thing is that Tippy has an Iron Man suit also, and it's an Iron Man head and an Iron Man hand stuck on the bottom for the body. So it's just a hand and a head. But it fits Tippy inside of it. But it it fits Tippy inside of it. And so they go to to fly towards the moon. Uh, As they fly away, however, she is seen by Iron Man's nemesis, Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash, so now we're in issue three uh Whiplash is uh he has reverse engineered a suit like Iron Man's and he has these uh these Elect- electric, electric whips. whips um and uh so he knocks squirrel girl out of the sky and uh and then they fight and squirrel girl uses her all of her squirrels so she call, she can talk to the squirrels and she can call all the squirrels out of the forest and they come and just swarm over Whiplash <laughs> and uh and so she beats him like um, crawling under his mask and into his mouth. <laughs> yes. So then Tiffy tells her that there is a robbery happening at the bank, but there's no time to save the people because Galactus will be there in less than an hour. But Squirrel Girl has a plan. Uh, and so she, she goes to the bank and she covers herself in squirrels. So now she is a humanoid she, shape she, yes. made
2: out of massive standing a on mass the top. of squirrels. Mass of
0: squirrels covering her whole entire body. And, uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, and so she goes and takes out the bad guys, and then she steals another Iron Man suit, but this one has more thrust, so she can get to the moon super, super fast. And, uh, she gets there just as Galactus does. Uh, now, issue four, so first, Squirrel Girl tries to beat up Galactus, but that doesn't really work. And then they talk, and they kind of have a heart-to-heart. And Galactus tells her that he likes her because she doesn't seem to fear him. But he says he's going to eat Earth anyway because he needs uh, because Earth has a bunch of life energy, and that's what he really wants is the life energy from the Earth. And then Squirrel Girl tells him that she has hacked his computer, and she uh, has found a planet that's um, uninhabited by intelligent life, but it's covered in nut trees and she says i'm telling you from someone who knows nothing contains life energy like nuts <laughs> and so so um squirrel girl and galactus are now friends and he he uh just before he leaves he gives her uh, one of these deadpool's guide to supervillains trading cards and it's him and a little uh and a little squirrel girl with him and then underneath it says like the abilities and the abilities are, do you want to read those? Uh, Galactus, devourer of worlds, wielder of the
2: power cosmic, and a friend.
0: And a friend. And then it has
2: a little word balloon that says, call me if you ever want to get into
0: heralding. Because <laughs> sometimes he has a herald who comes then and says, Galactus on, is on the way.
2: Yeah, he goes and looks for planets for Galactus State.
0: So, uh, and then we get this little epilogue. So back at college, Nancy uh, lets Doreen know that she now knows that she's Squirrel Girl. Because Nancy had been in the bank. And she had seen Squirrel Girl doing her thing and in the bank. And she seen
2: Tippy-Toe. Tippy-Toe toe had seen wears a
0: bow. Yes. So she's a, she sees this girl who talks just like Doreen and has a pet squirrel who has a pink bow. And so she, now she knows that she's Squirrel Girl. And they're happy and they're best friends at the end. So that's, that's Squirrel Girl. The
2: last panel.
0: Oh. Whiplash. <laughs> and then the we still the- get, the very last panel is Whiplash is still in the park and he's got all these squirrels <laughs> still holding him down. And he's trying to get them off and they just won't. And he just he's says, just animals,
2: I really have to go to the bathroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which may be enough. I mean, you know. So uh, that's Squirrel Girl. It's a pretty simple story.
2: Pretty simple. And the art is not mainstream comic book art. This looks more like what you find on an independent comic or a web comic. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't looked. I wouldn't be surprised if the artist came from web comics. Um, At all. But I love it. I love the art and the match for this stone, uh, this stone, this tone and this style. I yeah. think it's a really good match.
0: I'm not usually a huge fan of s- s- stylized art like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something about it that just kind of works for me. I-, I really, it's just totally charming. It would not work with a traditional superhero comic book. No. Or like the grim and gritty, we're taking everything super seriously mm-hmm. tone
2: at all. It has to be this light, fun, uncynical, <laughs> happy, Story. Um, I love superhero comics. I love superhero comics that deal with big themes and try and deal with serious issues. But I also just adore something like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, where they lean into the absurdity of superheroes. And they don't apologize. They don't try and say we're something more than, you know, they just say, there's something silly about this. Let's not pretend it's not. And let's just have fun. Yeah, And it does... It remarkably well. You have so much fun fun reading this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Everything from the joke, like she's a legitimately funny character. Her conversations with the squirrels are funny. Um, You get this breaking of the fourth wall that we already mentioned, where Mm -hmm. you have a joke at the bottom of every single page that is unique to this comic book that you wouldn't find in other comic books. There's, I, I don't know if you for time you did the letters page, but the. Uh, the, the writer like addresses letters and feedback that they're getting and it, it it's entertaining to go read about the process and to see um, the writer and I think sometimes the artist, I can't remember for sure now but see them respond to the feedback that they're getting from fans all in all it's just a fun package um, we've done a lot of serious stories on this podcast. And I think every once in a while, for like an emotional palate cleanser, maybe because it's summer, we we I think we want to do like fun things. Like we've done National Treasure. We just recorded an episode about Chuck. And this these are all fun stories that have some some heft to them. Like there, there's some things that you can pull out for meaning, but it's just enjoyable to go engage with these kinds of stories sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we just we think that for something to be good, it has to be serious, and that the characters have to be super complicated and drug addicted so, so or like in love bad with their or west wing yeah and this is just the proof that you can have something totally just light and airy and super fun it's also really well made and it's it's great like it's great for me to be able to just sit down and read something and if my kids are looking over my shoulder I'm like yeah Look at this, because this is really great. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. Like, laugh out loud funny all by yourself, sitting on your couch, reading this, and laughing out loud, because it's hilarious. Uh, Every page, there's something really funny, I think. So just
2: yesterday, from when we are recording this, uh, NPR listed, uh, or released an article called Let's Get Graphic, 100 Favorite Comics and Graphic Novels. And I looked at this for suggestions of future comics that we could talk about. And also to say, like, I was wondering, what have we talked about (laughs) that's on this list? Like, have we had a good selection of comic books that we've talked about this? We try and do, you know, a good every month that we're going to have a discussion about a good TV show, a good comic book, a good uh, novel and a good and a good movie. And so things that were on the list that we've already talked about were mouse, uh, mouse guard. As well. Those are two different things. Malum, <laughs> uh, One Piece, March, Miss Marvel, Calvin and Hobbes, Gunner Creek Court, American Born Chinese and bone and then also on the list was unbeatable squirrel girl really yeah which is a, a fairly new addition to any like best of comic list that people should be reading uh but it made me feel like okay we we've actually i, I went and punched the numbers uh, so that's 10 percent of their list that's 10 titles uh and we've only talked about 27 comic books in the in the years we been doing this because we only get about one a month in uh so i feel like we're doing a fair overlap yeah <laughs> that that 10 of our 27 comics have been on this npr list of 100 graphic novels that you should read but i i'd say of the ones that we've talked about or that we were preparing to talk about squirrel girl was not one that would have been in my head like oh i bet they're gonna have squirrel girl on this list like you wouldn't think so i could name check a bunch like they're gonna have uh watchmen they're gonna have mouse they're gonna have dark knight returns right that you know there's things that are in the canon uh you know persepolis or blankets of of graphic novels that you expect would be on this npr list but I was very pleasantly surprised to find *A Squirrel Girl* because I just read it <laughs> before yeah. I handed it to you, and I thought that was just so much fun. Fun is the right word for it.
0: Right, and *Miss Marvel* is also on that list, and I think *Miss Marvel* is dealing with even kind of more serious themes. *Miss Marvel* is also totally delightful and hilarious, uh, but but tries to be a little bit more philosophical in the way that it approaches uh, some of its themes, and this one. It's just so dang fun <laughs> and funny. Uh, yeah, it's surpri- I'm yeah. surprised that it's on that list. Um, so we just recorded the episode about Chuck, which
2: releases before this. So you'll, you can just go back one episode and hear that discussion. And in that, we talked about in Chuck that it's subverting some tropes of the spy genre in some ways successfully in some ways very unsuccessfully. Right. Like, there's some, some things that bother you. I think this subverts a lot of tropes of superhero comic books. And all of them successfully. Like, I have no issues. So, uh, we already mentioned the the appearance of Squirrel Girl is unlike most comic book superheroes. There is a valid criticism of superhero comic books that it's, you know, it's unrealistic body types for both men and women. And that the spandex right. is highlighting a lot of those body types. Uh, and that it glorifies violence. Like, th- those are criticisms that... You you can't say are completely invalid in talking about the superhero genre of comic books and the kind of art that typically is produced. This has a protagonist that doesn't look like the classic, uh, you know, buxom superhero in skin tight uh, skin tight outfit. The art completely negates any of that kind of eye candy aspect of it in the way uh, the style of the artist, but also in the character of Score Girl. Uh But then also the entire point of this. Is violence isn't always the answer to, right. to these problems. Like if you're going to say, okay, this is a lot of fun, but is there a theme? Yeah, there actually is, uh, and it comes in right from the get go with her fight with Craven. Uh, so she does beat up the bad guys. Well,
0: it almost comes from the very beginning because the very beginning is, is her singing the song about she, how she eats nuts and kicks butts, but, and and she beats up uh, like random thugs, mm-hmm. like like classic
2: superhero comic book, random bad guy wearing a ski mask. Yes. Like the mugger. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad. There was a, there's another comic book podcast called um, Tom vs. where he goes issue by issue. The first one was uh, Justice League, like Silver Age Justice League comic books. It was uh-huh. called Tom Versus the JLA and then it became Tom Versus the Flash and then Tom Versus Aquaman. And he, he, he like did huge numbers of these issues where he would run through decades of runs of these comic books and it, when it never got to the 80s in these comic books he would talk about the DC Street Toughs uh-huh. who looked like 80s stereotypical idea of what a punk <laughs> would look like with, uh, you know, torn vest, you know, a jacket with the sleeves torn off, uh, mohawk, some kind of sunglasses, crazy jewelry, probably an earring, uh, you know, not seduct- lots of necklaces. Those were like the 1980s Street Tufts. This is like generic mugger. Yes, <laughs> totally. Um, but she does beat them up. Like she knocks them unconscious and moves on, uh, which is f- completely in line with what you expect from superheroes. But then the fight with Kraven goes differently. Yes. Yeah. Um, where it doesn't end up with you know him tied up outside of the police station or anything, it's like maybe you should just redirect your aggression, right?
0: <laughs> and go fight sea
2: monsters, and you think, "That's a great idea." And fighting sea monsters would not be a crime; it would be useful <laughs> for the Marvel right. universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then with the uh, the whiplash, she's like, the, all, the whole time she's like, "I can't fight you right now," <laughs> like right. really, quite sincerely. We need to stop. <laughs> or the world's going to end. And she's like, I hate Tony Stark. You must be a friend of Tony so like, like, at first he thinks... If you have dying. the Iron Man suit... You're a friend of Tony Stark, so if I hurt you, I hurt him. And she's, like, getting so frustrated with this stupid philosophy that Whiplash right. is espousing out her. Uh And she doesn't knock him unconscious. She just subdues him with squirrels. <laughs> like a mass of squirrels. <laughs> um, and, and she they, goes to the bank. The bank. Uh, and she does stop the bank robbers. So they're kind of like... If it's... It's almost like the more mundane the criminal is, the more likely she's going to stop them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, the, and the bigger the criminal is, the more likely she's going to have to find some creative way to stop them that doesn't involve violence.
0: Right. Well, because, I mean, she has a certain a certain set of skills, but <laughs> she, but she's obviously no match for Galactus, Ratchet. right? Or even probably Whiplash, Whiplash or, uh, what's his name, the, Craven Lion the Hunter. Guy. Craven. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she can hold her own against Craven, and she can hold her own against Whiplash. But obviously when she gets to Galactus, like, there's just no way. No way at all. And so she punches, like, she punches his big foot.
2: Okay, Uh, listeners, if you are unfamiliar (laughs) with Galactus, this is one of the great Jack Kirby character designs ever. But it is so absurd. Jack Kirby was one of the legends of comic book making ever. Jack Kirby drew the first issue of the X-Men, drew the first issue of the Avengers, and his designs are often just, like, Out there and crazy. And Galactus is this cosmic force that consumes planets. And he got drawn as, like... A, a towering human. <laughs> Originally in a miniscar- By
0: towering, we
2: mean like as ta- tall as a tower. A, taller than a skyscraper. Yeah. Like, he, his foot <laughs> would smash streets in New York City. And he appears and stands over New York City and says, I'm going to eat your planet in the first Fantastic Four issue that he appears in. And he has this crazy helmet that looks like it's got tuning forks jutting off of it. And there's all <laughs> this crazy line work in his costume. And it's just absurd
0: and glorious And when, of that. when Squirrel Girl shows up to fight him... She just starts pounding, like, on his big toe, because it's the only thing that she can reach. But <laughs> like he's standing on the moon, I think. Yes. Is that right? He's standing yeah, on the he's moon, standing looking at Earth,
2: like, here's my meal. And she just starts punching his toe. Uh, and violence is not the answer for this. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that this actually mirrors, I'm, I'm digging back to the 90s, a Wolverine comic book I read. It was much more serious. Not fun, because it's Wolverine. He's brooding all the time. And... In this, I can't remember why he was in outer space, but he ends up on this alien planet that Galactus is coming to devour, and Wolverine, who is the best there is at what he does, that's his catchphrase, uh, Wolverine is going, like, he's like, I'm the only one here, I've gotta try and stop Galactus. And he, like, uses claws, tears into Galactus' spaceship, all the machinery, and he just fails. And the whole point of this issue was, like, Wolverine learning humility. Mm -hmm. Like, he is not god level powerful. Right. Uh, and, like, it was, it was a, and, and Galactus, devours this inhabited planet. Wolverine is there as an entire species goes extinct, basically. Yeah. Uh, And it's about Wolverine failing. And this is not a dissimilar issue in that, like, Squirrel Girl goes up there and starts trying to kick him (laughs) and fails entirely. And she is not going to stop Galactus. But then she finds
0: another way. Yeah. And it's by getting her squirrels to go in and help her to get access to his computer Mm -hmm. or something. Um, But it's mostly... By just talking with him and developing a relationship with Galactus, recognizing his needs, and and saying, okay, the reason why you want Earth is because you want life energy. I know something about life energy because I really like nuts. Let's find a place for you to go get some energy. It also says, you've come
2: to Earth more than once and you've been stopped every time. And I think it's because you don't really want to eat Earth. It's yeah. It's because
0: Earth, Earthlings find you food you can eat without guilt. Right. <laughs> um... I wonder... So, I, I'm thinking about our conversation. Pause. I found Squirrel Girl's slogan that <laughs> you wanted it? me to find Oh, earlier.
2: And when I mentioned Wolverine's slogan, it reminded me that I'd found this one. So, Squirrel Girl, in this comic book, she says, As my Aunt Benjamina used to say, With great squirrel agility comes great squirrel
0: agility responsibility. <laughs> so, this reminds me of our conversation about Wonder Woman. And um, we t- we talked about how Wonder Woman... Is created by somebody who's a, an essentialist, essentially, essentially saying mm-hmm. <laughs> that there are fundamental differences between men and women and that women are awesome because they are nurturing and loving and they handle problems in fundamentally different ways than men. So whether you buy that or not, that's the when Wonder Woman was created, that was... The goal a, was to be, like, a goal. champion of
2: love. Women are motivated by love, according to right. the greater, and men are motivated by greed. And the men's motivation greed has caused war and death and despair. So right. let's give women a chance, and we want to run a Wonder woman to be the role model for that.
0: Right. And um, I think, in general, whenever you say... All men are like this, and all women are like this. It's, like, pretty complicated, right? (laughs) Um, But it's interesting that we get this another female superhero who falls into the same mold of solving problems, not always by fighting. When she's, you know, in a pinch, she can do it, and she does it quite well, but who prefers to solve problems... By talking him out, showing love, developing relationships, figuring out what somebody needs, and doing her best to meet those needs without having to, you know, pummel them. Even though, even while she's singing songs about how cool she is and how she can beat everybody up, uh, in her heart, well, even she if, doesn't really want to do that. So, well, so I'm a squirrel girl, go ahead. I, when she goes up to face
2: Galactus, when she first gets his attention and says something, she says, my name is Squirrel Girl, I'm here to eat nuts and kick butts, and I'm all out of nuts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so, is Squirrel Girl, is is it falling into that same uh, essentialist view of uh, gender? Um, I don't... I think they're trying to do
2: something different than the superhero. And one of the things that you can do differently within the superhero genre is definitely say, we're not going to fight first. Right. Um, and so whether it happens to be because Marvel's letting a writer and artist take a quirky D-list character that no one really cares about and do something wildly different than everything else they're putting out, and it happens to be a girl. You think uh, it happens
0: to be a girl. and not, But this could just as easily have been a man. It could have been the speedball. <laughs> you think so. <laughs> or... Well, I don't Maybe know. Maybe not Speedball. Maybe not Speedball. He had dart he dark He's
2: got some chapters. issues. He's got some, yeah. There's some trouble around Speedball. <laughs> but do you understand, <laughs> do you understand yeah, what yeah, I'm, no getting I'm getting at, at here. here? No, I, I completely get what you're getting at. That, like, our two examples, you're going to think about what are some notable comic books that say violence isn't always going to be the answer. Well, a lot of Wonder Woman stories, and now Score Girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. So,
0: I mean... Uh, which I'm sure there are other. I mean, there's I no way to it. know. I yeah. mean, there's no way to know for sure unless we had the, the creators here and we just asked them point blank. And even then, I don't know that we always are going to get a straight answer. But I would be, I don't know, I'm kind of suspicious of, you know, if they were to say not, it could totally just as easily have been uh, a man as a woman. It's just a total coincidence that we have a female superhero who, who is now trying to solve problems with love and developing relationships and, and helping her her opponents. Uh, just a total coincidence. I would say, really? Really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so as I was looking up trivia um, about Squirt Girl, I came across this thing from Murray, the writer who created Squirt Girl. And he says that Squirt Girl uh, arose from his desire to write then uh, this is coming from Wikipedia. A light-hearted superhero story, as opposed to the often heavily dramatic tales that were the norm in mainstream comics at the time. So he's deliberately like switching. Away from the grim and gritty era that he's seeing, that doesn't necessarily mean that in those early Squirrel Girl stories we're seeing a character that's motivated by love, right? right? But this unbeatable Squirrel Girl is absolutely within the superhero genre. But you can tell the writer and artists are trying to swerve away from some of the stereotypes of the superhero genre. There's no way you can argue this isn't a superhero comic book. It is, right. but they're they're play. You know, they're going to embrace some of the roles. There's going to be a secret identity. There's going to be superpowers. There's going to be a costume. But maybe they're going to go in a different direction. Sure. Whether or not. It had to be that it's going to go in love be, as a motivating force or as a a source of resolution to conflict instead of violence because it's a girl. Like you said, it's impossible. There's no know. way to know. There's no way to know that. But it's interesting. It seems like there's a correlation in the few dots of data that we have. Sure. I mean, there have been hundreds of thousands, if not a million comic books published by the American comic book industry <laughs> at this point. I am sure there are some with male protagonists that end with a resolution Born not out of violence by, by
0: uh, you know, a coming to an understanding. Yeah. But but you know, I mean... The stereotype would be... You know comic books as well as most. I mean, there are few people on this planet who know comic books as well as you. And Todd, I'm blushing. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like, this is your thing. And you're not just coming up with example after example of character who does this. But, period. I, I mean, it's very rare in comics.
1: Yeah. I- like, I have one in my and it's from the Young Avengers. Um mm-hmm. the Hulkling and Wiccan characters are, are male and typically end up resolving things not through violence, um but that's also a little bit problematic because they're also some of the like flag or not not flagpole, but um flagship. Flagship well, they're, or, or they're they're some of the like banner homosexual characters from Marvel Comics. And so that's actually still kind of problematic in this gender based. that's not, not problematic, it's thing. just Leaning into some of the stereotypes we might yeah. have, sure. and so so you you said you know female characters are the ones represented this way. And it's like, well, well, I can we, think of a, a male example. Unfortunately, that's also not like breaking every stereotype sure. because it's you know a a gay male character.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we have so few data points here uh, that it's hard to draw a big. You know, a big picture, come to some big conclusion about this, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's, it's a thing. Um, but man. But I I think it's also worth noting
2: that even as it's kind of avoiding some of that trope, both Wonder Woman and both Squirrel Girl engage in violence when it's needed. Sure. Like, it's not like they're saying violence is never the answer. It's just not always the answer. And maybe we should try other methods more often than we see in this genre. Yeah, which
0: is, I mean... Pretty much always. That's a good message.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, but but within the genre, it's pretty much always you see violence being shown as the solution to problems.
0: I mean, I'm thinking about, like, Captain America, who, I mean, let's not kid ourselves about, you know, that Captain America is some, like, (laughs) non-violent thing. But he does, like, you know, he carries a shield, Mm -hmm. and uh, not always, you know, other weapons... Yeah, and in theory, you would use a shield for protection, not for attack. Mm -hmm. Although in practice, he's concussed a lot of people (laughs) and and knocked some people off some pretty tall areas (laughs) with that shield. I mean, you can see if you squint your eyes right, you could look at a character like Captain America and say he's not um, he's not Wolverine, for example, whose weapon is claws is claws, which are designed for attack. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, he's a defender, not an aggressor right um and so i think you could look as you, as you look at the the broad uh spectrum of the superheroes you yeah. could see you can see characters who uh lean away from you know straight up attack and aggression and things like that but uh but i, I anyway as, as i was reading this it made me think of our conversation about wonder woman and about trying to create a, a character who really tries to solve problems by leaning into love and building relationships and things like that. And at the same time, the way that we think about just identity in general and how we uh, kind of want to lean away from these essentialist views of uh, gender and identity. That that all men
2: are this way and all women are this way.
0: Right. And yet when when somebody tries to do this thing they kind of fall into these these things th- these tropes and then you wonder i mean the, i wonder are we falling into this pattern because because we're horrible people and or <laughs> are we falling into this pattern because it's kind of the pattern there, yeah <laughs> like well, maybe there's something there's there there's something to it yeah 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 okay. i don't i we're not gonna resolve this <laughs> no
2: in this discussion no. but I think it's worth thinking about uh, and worth thinking about what are the motivations we see for male characters versus female characters in the stories that we're consuming and are those stories uh, reflective or are they you know like uh, informative like yeah. or do they inform like a young generation growing up is gonna start reflecting what they've seen in the media whereas those who are making the media might say well I'm just reflecting what I see like right. it's, it's a cell like it's snaking its tail that way um, like I remember my, I may have told this story before my daughter um I remember vividly when she was young and we got her toy. Like, we'd go to the toy aisle and she'd go down every toy aisle. Like, everything was interesting. Superheroes, Barbie. Like, it was all interesting. And I was fine. You know, let's go look at all of it. Uh, I love the toy aisles. Those right. are great. Uh, and she had superhero toys. She had Disney princess toys. And they would have tea parties together. And they would go on adventures together. <laughs> it was all great. And then I remember letting her watch Strawberry Shortcake on, uh, it was on one of the cable channels. I can't remember which one right now. Uh-huh. And then something clicked and she said, superheroes are boy toys. And I was like, where is this coming from? Because it hadn't been in her mind. Right. And then I realized she saw commercials that showed boys playing with superhero toys. And she uh-huh. saw commercials that showed girls playing with Barbies. And that clicked for her in a way that like her exposure in the toy in the store had never had. Sure. That something is for boys and something is for girls. So is the way the toys are made is that reflective of the gender, or are we embedding gender roles in you know even in something as young as the advertising that kids see during an innocent show like Strawberry yeah. Shortcake? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's... I think the answer is yes. Like both both can and are true. That yeah, we're reflecting what we've seen as something that is essential to these genders. Like, the genders are not the same. There's no point in arguing that they are the exact same. But at the same time, we're really encoding uh, in, in the media that that is produced, a lot of the roles that we end up saying are are there. Yeah.
1: This is maybe kind of like a step to the side of the discussion you've been having. <laughs> and, and I had no idea we were going to go down this the, path that yeah. we're already on, so um, let's
2: go somewhere else.
1: <laughs> so, I mentioned the the Young Avengers earlier, and it's the one of the comics I know best academically, because I wrote a, a Really extensive paper that was published in a student journal, on that one. Um, and I think one of the positive things about Squirrel Girl is it's missing something that's kind of troublesome in a lot of the female superhero stories. And in the research I did for this paper, it was called the Wonder Woman precedent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is basically that female superheroes typically, at some point in their stories, they're gonna have they're gonna come up to a wall, which was established by Wonder Woman which is that they need approval from male superheroes. And the Wonder Woman precedent had to do with her acceptance into the Justice League. She right. had to pass all these tests that, it's like the male characters didn't have to do all this. Why, why is this happening to the female character? Uh-huh. Um, and it Sounds
2: like my chapter in Ages of Wonder Woman, an essay collection that all listeners are invited to.
1: Because <laughs> I wrote about a Wonder Woman story where literally this very thing happened. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, common for female heroes to have... This either for joining a team, having to pass a test that the male characters did not have to deal with, or seeking some sort of resolution or acceptance from a male, typically father figure, superhero. It's really common with legacy heroes that are Mm -hmm. uh, male-to-female legacies. Um, And with the Young Avengers, it happened with a Hawkeye character, it happened with um, a a daughter of Ant-Man, and all the women had these unresolved... For lack of a better term, daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, that they had to resolve with either their actual parents or the hero that they were emulating, or both. Mm-hmm. And the male characters did not have this issue, or were unsuccessful mm-hmm. uh, in the attempt. There's a, a Captain America analog who's called Patriot. He didn't care if Captain America accepted him. Mm-hmm. There was, um, you know, all, you know, a number of analogs, and the male characters didn't care. The female characters were like. I really need to resolve this feeling I have about using this power, this identity that's associated with a male character. Mm-hmm. And the Squirrel Girl, Girl does not have that, yeah, which is definitely
2: a good thing. Um, I think Mike Madrid in a an academic book called Supergirls uh, addresses this, and there's a book called Superwomen: Gender, Power, and Representation by Carolyn Co- uh, Coca uh, that I was skimmed through, which is a fantastic text. She does a great job. I think she gets into some of that. Um, as well, it's like you said, it's it's something that is quite common uh, as a trope within the larger superhero universes. Like when the companies have these sprawling universes with lots of characters,
1: it's this barrier of acceptance that the female characters tend to have to pass through that the male characters know. Huh. Which is also I, I I had never noticed it until I saw it presented this way, and then I'll, it was suddenly uh, very yes. obvious. And so I think it's one of the more subtle mm-hmm. um, differences that that gets gendered in comic
0: books I think so at the end of this we mentioned we see the, the this first appearance of her
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's hilarious with uh, Iron Man is flying through the forest and then she attacks him and then and then she says I want to be your partner and he's like um no <laughs> you're not you're not my partner and she's just so chipper and happy about this and then um, Von Doom comes along and like captures Iron Man, and then she saves him. And he's he says, "You know, kid, you're not so bad, but you're 15. You should go back to school, go to college, and uh, you know, if you ever need anything, let me know." Basically, and, and this is supposedly <laughs> where she got the password that she uses right. in this episode or in the in this story. And she's like, she's starting college. Yeah. So I just it's there's something
2: charming about. A superhero who's happy and optimistic. Because so many superheroes are just put upon and brooding, and they've got these dark histories. Uh, Even, like, Spider-Man, who's always making jokes. He's one of the most guilt-ridden characters ever created. Uh, Captain America, you know, uber patriotic and, and heroic, and he's just driven by everything that went wrong in World War II that he couldn't stop, and right. the friends that he's lost, and, he, you know, he's a man out of his time. Um, and just overnight, I mean, Superman, last on crypto, like he's not just an orphan. He is, right. you know, the sole survivor Batman. of his race. And it's, again, this is everything superhero is in there, but it just does enough different that it's unique, and it feels special to be reading that when so many other Things that get produced by the mainstream superhero comic book industry, they lean into what the audience already knows and likes. And they say, we're just going to keep producing what we know you like because yeah. you've bought it before. And it certainly starts to feel repetitive. And this is a trap that gets, fall, you know, fallen into in every industry. You know, in TV networks producing the same kind of content over and over and over again.
0: You even get the thing with, um, with Squirrel Girl where she's a mutant.
2: I mean, that's her original origin. I think they've said maybe she's not a mutant now because mutants is a weird thing in
0: Marvel current Marvel continuity. So it's, it's got a weird place, in her but, origin, but her
1: origin has said
0: yeah. mutant. Uh-huh. Her origin says she's a mutant, and Iron Man says, "There's a place for you to go," <laughs> and she's like, "I don't want to go there because the X Men are, are as brooding as any superhero." <laughs> I'm happy ever. just like living with my parents. My mom thinks it's hilarious that I've got this tail. Yeah. And uh, you know, I live. Uh, you, we should be partners because I live close by here, and I can be home in time for dinner. And like the X Men go to the school because their parents reject them; they're rejected by society, and they feel so terrible Prejudice about it. Prejudice
2: and hatred. Yeah, and
0: she's like, "No, man, I'm just happy living with my parents. I've got a great relationship
2: with my parents. How many superheroes have that? Right. Going on?
0: <laughs> right. They and know about my powers. I'm not
2: keeping secrets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was. I had a conversation with my mom the other day about. Um, it was about Disney movies and, and and then it turned into just about coming-of-age stories in general and what do you do about the parents? Because in order for somebody to, you know, kind of come into their own, uh, authors feel like they have to get rid of the parents somehow and so you either make the parents terrible or you kill them or, you I mean, know... How many orphans right. exist as protagonists? And <laughs> in this case... Almost all of them. Yeah. In this case, and you can recognize, like, structurally... You do have to do something with the parents, because as long as the parents are strong and present, it's going to be hard for the main character to really come into their own. And And yet this is a case where they're like, no, she's happy, she's good with her parents. She gets old enough to go to college. She's supposed to,
2: like, at college, you should be doing your own thing.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, the the problem with
2: um, parents in, like, young adult fiction is so often the protagonist is, like, 15. And so if they're going off on an adventure, you have to explain either why the parents don't care. Right. (laughs) Or why they can't help. Like, you've just got to do a lot of groundwork explaining why. Whereas when you just say an orphan, it's like, fine. Okay. Like, everything's taken care of. Right.
0: And I can't remember exactly why she's living in the Avengers attic here and not with her parents. I
2: think okay, so before the story the the most some of the most recent usage of her was that she was the babysitter for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's baby. <laughs> and they're Avengers and she was like the nanny.
0: Right. So so at the beginning of this she's not living with her parents, but I thought that was interesting. It's a, it's a tiny little, you know, thing that's mentioned in this origin with Iron Man. But but for her to say, yeah, my mom thinks it's really great. And he says, you should go to the school. And she's like, why would I go there? <laughs> like, uh, where, you know, you think that anybody that has a mutation like she does would just feel horrible and, and alone and would be brooding about it and want to go and be with the X-Men and join that. A, grew, brood together we can drag <laughs> yeah. each other all down Join that <laughs> joy <laughs> joy fest <laughs> yes.
2: and i love the x-men i do I, I i that's my favorite franchise of all but i'm not gonna pretend that there's not a lot of like weight yeah. <laughs> in, in how they carry them and i'm like
0: really happy that squirrel girl just kind of skirted around yeah. it and had a great growing up <laughs> <laughs> and i would say like I, th- I think we're probably wrapping up here
2: this is definitely an all ages comic. You can be comfortable handing this to your kid. Yep. You can be comfortable reading this yourself. Like too often, I think all ages people assume it means childish. This is just fun for everyone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like anyone's going to really like enjoy a this. National treasure. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Super fun. I'm really glad we did this. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for joining us.
2: We are part of the Dueling Genre Network of podcasts. You can go to DuelingGenre.com for a list of all their episodes. Please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to check out Todd. What episodes could they check out?
0: Number 65, where we talked about Miss Marvel, or number 84, when we talked about the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I'm not sure why, but Lizzie Bennett Diaries, it just felt right. Something maybe it's the young female protagonist. Man, I love the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I would, uh, I, I, that's, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We are also on Twitter. You can go to at protagonistpod at Mac. And our producer, Andrew, is at uh, Andrew underscore Dorowski. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonist. We have really good conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to stop by and say hello. To buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation, please go to patreon.com slash protagonist. All supporters on Patreon receive access to our special quick casts which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released films and trailers. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Uh, But (laughs) co-creator... Sorry. Co-creator of the X-Men, he drew the first issue of the Avengers. Okay. (laughs) He he drew the first issue of the... (laughs)
0: Give me a second. Are you done? done? Yes. Are you good? Oh man. <clears throat> um.
1: Hang
2: on. Oh, did my pause really ruin that train of thought? No, but it'll come.
0: It'll come. Hang on. I just, it's. I just need a session. Pulling back in. Don't, station. don't distract. Don't distract. <laughs> <laughs> the train of thought coming in. I didn't have the heart to tell you, but um. There's I, the feedback doesn't exist no it's uh it's not well that but also it, you said facebook.com slash protagonist and it's facebook.com slash protagonist podcast
1: <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> it'll slide this it'll slide this one time <laughs>